0: I hope all is going well and you're having a beautiful, blessed day. Today, I want to have a little bit of fun with you and bring you another 30-day challenge episode. Um, This episode is based off of a list that I found of speaking and writing prompts. So this episode is 30 facts about me. Back number one, last year, I met the amazing, amazing mother of the disability community, Judy Human. This woman was a dream. She not only was at Rolette's Experience the entire time, but she didn't consider herself a celebrity. She got in there with us and partied with us. And she made time to talk to every single person individually within the event. Last year, there was 230 people in, in this space of romance experience. 230 women and children with disabilities and we all just marveled at her firsthand accounts of what had to happen for us to have our rights. And when you spoke to Judy, you were never speaking to a celebrity or a stranger. She always approached you like she knew you forever. And the most amazing thing was that if you told her what your dream was, and she knew somebody that was connected to that field or knew somebody that could help you. She got on the phone right away and said, you need to talk to this person. So when she asked me what I do, and I said, I'm a podcaster, her team said, we'll look you up. And that just floored me. That just I I will always carry that memory and thank you so much for for um, Wanting to know what I do Judy and The rest of her team and I always say this or I have been saying this ongoing especially this week I Am committed to carrying out Judy humans work um because Even though we are in 2023 and the ADA passed in 1990, we still have so much work to do. So many society barriers to knock down and so many attitudes to change. So while that process has started, it is nowhere near finished yet. So, fact number two about me is I was born 11 weeks early. And because I was born 11 weeks early, I did not get released from the hospital until I was three months old. And funny enough, I was born during Holy Week, during the week of Easter. And um, when I was rushed to the hospital... I stayed in an incubator continuously until Mother's Day, which was May 8th, so one month continuously, and then my mom got to hold me on Mother's Day, and then fast forward to the day I was released from the hospital, which was June 20th, 1982, and that was Father's Day. And so... Another fact that is in front of me is that I started walking at the age of eight and walking did not come easy. I had to have a major operation before I could start walking because the physical reason why I could not walk was that my muscles, my thigh muscles were too tight. So they need to, um, I needed those loosened um another fact is I used to wear leg braces as a kid and quite honestly I should still be wearing leg braces but I am lazy and I do not <laughs> and another fact is I keep saying another fact and another fact and it's because I kind of threw myself off with that first fact so you're not Getting only 30 facts you're gonna get a little bit more than that But the fact that is listed as fact number four on my sheet is that My favorite singers when I was little Were Tiffany Debbie Gibson and Belinda Carlisle and I will add Lionel Richie And so, moving on to the fact that it's listed as number five, but of course it's not. As, okay, so I was the first person to be a performer in my choir at my school. I went to Eagle Rock Junior Senior High School, and... I was the first person to enroll into choir that used a wheelchair. And so the school never having seen that, they never had a reason to have a ramp to the stage. So if you guys, you guys might know the story if you've followed me for a while. But for those of you who are new here, I'm going to retell the story. Um, so when I was younger, when I was in um, junior high, so 7th and 8th grade, my mom and dad, my mom or dad would come and help me up the steps and then put my chair up on the stage and I would be able to sing with my choir. Well, fast forward to about a year later, the school district decides that Having parents or teachers or anybody else help students up on stage is no longer a viable option because it puts people in danger, but yet they are unwilling to make things accessible. So, what I end up when what ends up being told to me is that I can't perform on stage, but what I can do, and this. They thought this was a bright option, which it was not. But what I can do is I can roll in the middle of the stage, but sit on the floor. And that is supposedly how I would be included in the performance. Well, then fast forward to me talking to my principal in the end of seventh grade probably early eighth grade i get um i get the courage to talk to my principal and i say listen i really want to be included i want to be included actually on stage so could it be possible that we can have a ramp built to the stage and I believe, in my heart, I believe that the principle, if it was only up to her, that it would have been done all along, like, right away. But when I, um, when push came to shove and people got wind of what we wanted, we wanted to be, what we wanted to be done... They came up with excuse after excuse after excuse. And the excuse that blocked me ultimately from having the ramp done quicker than it was, was that there was a 100-year-old tree standing where the ramp would have to stand. And so for me to get my rights and get access to the stage, that 100-year-old one, that tree would have to die. And they did not want to kill that tree. But eventually, long story short, <coughs> excuse me, eventually, long story short, we ended up getting the ramp, and it took about, I believe it took about a year, maybe a little less, but it did not come without its pains because it came after I spoke at USC and an article was published in a newsletter. So that is that story. Okay, so the fact that is listed as number seven. In high school, I sang at on stage at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. And this, you guys, this experience was one of the most amazing, amazing experiences. Every single year, even now, the event has moved. It It is at Disney Concert Hall instead of the Dorothy Chandler. But every single year, The Los Angeles Master Chorale does their high school festival or I don't know what they call it. But it was a festival of the whole school district, all of LAUSD coming together and performing music that they all had learned as one big mass choir. And so, I was blessed enough, and my friends and I were blessed enough to be part of the years where the Master Chorale was directed by Maestro Paul Solomonovich, Who was a living legend. He has now passed on. He passed on in 2014. But I will never forget the day that I got to meet him. The day that I got to meet him was. The day of our mass choir rehearsal at it took place at Glendale High School. And I was sitting in the front row waiting for my mom after the rehearsal. And I got to chat with Maestro Solomanovich a little bit. And I told him that the previous year, the year that I remember performing was in my junior year of high school. And so I had told him that in my previous year, which was my obviously my sophomore year of high school, I had to skip the performance because I had a major surgery that threw me into a recovery period for three months and I wasn't able to make the performance and I was telling them how much I loved music and I loved performing and so when my mom came to pick me up she came down to the front row where I was and where we were and she look he looks at my mom and says you have a very passionate young lady on your hands and that again that was just an experience that just floored me i will always remember that conversation because it just it felt so good and so heartwarming and so it was an honor for Somebody of that magnitude. To call me passionate. Okay. So. The fact that is listed as number eight. Also has to do with singing. I sang. For city council members. In high school. And the experience that I am speaking about right now is that we got to go to a city council member's house because we were hired for a Christmas party. This was in 10th grade, I believe. Where the honors ensemble that I was part of, so it was a small group. It was, I think it was eight of Me and my friends. And so it was a small group. And we got hired to do this party. And it was here in Eagle Rock. It was in our neighborhood. And it was just... It was a good time. But we didn't know what to expect. And it was our first time walking into a private event, I think. Um, And so the fact that is listed as number nine on my sheet is in ninth grade i spoke on stage at usc to a huge crowd of people and i don't know if i got the year wrong or right but i said it was in ninth grade so that would be 1996 and the ramp was put in in 1998 is when it was finished um But this event, whenever it was, was the launching pad for that ramp being built because that is when I was able to tell my story of my choir director telling me that the school had said that I could no longer climb the steps to the stage. And so I got on stage at USC and told my story and then that is subsequently when the article was written and everything was falling into motion. So I'm not sure if I messed up the years or not, but that is when this all happened. So the fact that is listed as number 10 on my notes is i represented southern california when i was invited to a meeting in sacramento in 10th grade and so the summer of 10th grade when i was all healed from my operation i had my operation in february of 1998 and i went to sacramento in the summer with my mom and a group called Protection and Advocacy. Protection and Advocacy is a group of advocates that specialize in helping people with disabilities in the workplace and in the community. So a advocate for Protection and Advocacy named Bridget Ammons was actually my neighbor back then And she invited me to be a part of this team that went to Sacramento. And it was amazing because, again, I got the opportunity to tell my story to so many people. And um, it just really got me to open up and, and tell my story and tell them, what people in the disability community needs. And back then we were working on the Shonda Smith Consent Decree Committee and that was brought about because of a lawsuit. And so after high school, this is another travel story. After high school, which was shortly after high school, so in August, I was chosen to be one of 53 people, one of 53 students from California to be part of Gray Dave, Governor Gray Davis's forum on people with disabilities. And this is something that takes place Every year, of course, it's called whatever governor is in is in office then, it's named after them. But being part of this also was a launchpad to, to not only telling my story, but telling the story of other people in my classes that were dealing with certain situations. I remember that I had... My, some of my classes write letters. So I remember I got letters from my English class. I got letters from my, I believe, my math class even. Um, and just a whole bunch of friends that wanted their stories told. So I was able to go to Sacramento with this bunch of letters and give them to not not the governor directly but the governor's assistant and say be like here he needs to look at this and he needs to really take it seriously and so the um that trip was a week and that trip also was the first time I was ever out of town by myself Without anybody from my family or church So that was a very very awesome thing and That quite frankly is the only college experience like the only traditional College experience that I ever had because I did not go away to college. I um Stayed in town for college so Going on to what is listed as fact number 12, is I passed sign language in college with the help of Mr. Holland's opus. So I had never ever passed a language in college and that is what was holding me back from getting out of college, was passing a language. And so I finally decided to take one last shot and go for um, sign language, ASL. And I did horrible in that class. When it came to, I don't know, something with me in language, whatever language it is, Besides English, because, you know, I'm obviously talking to you guys. Um, it's just really, really hard for me to comprehend. And so a final stitch effort, which was not only open to me, but open to everybody, was that our professor wanted us to write a paper on a movie. And the movie that she had suggested was Children of a Lesser God with Marley Matlin. And she expected everybody to do their paper on that movie because that was supposedly the only movie that dealt with deafness. And so. I proposed to my teacher that I would do my paper on Mr. Holland's opus. Because Mr. Holland's opus, when it comes down to it, deals with the family dynamic of Glenn Holland. After he discovers, and after he and his wife discover that their son is deaf, And they have to deal with what comes with that. So when I presented the paper, at first my teacher was like, no, this is not acceptable. But then she went home and she read the paper. And then she went home and she watched the movie. Long story short, I ended up getting a B in the class And getting out of college okay so this is a fun one and it's listed as number 13 and that is no happy accident I listed it as number 13 for a reason and it is that my entire childhood my baseball jersey number was 13 Because my dad, in his entire childhood, his baseball number was 13. And so, going on to the next fact, is that I sang a song in sign language, going back to the sign language. I sang a song in sign language when I was in third grade. And it was called God Bless You, My Child. And I remember that one of my friend's moms was a sign language interpreter. Or she was very, very well taught in sign language. So she taught me the sign language that had to go with this song. And so as the story in church was being played out, because it was part of one of our Joyful Noise musicals, as the story was being played out, I was signing the words. And so moving on to what is listed as number 15. I started walking long distances in only six weeks. And so I want to update this fact a little bit. I did start walking long distances in only six weeks. Because back in 2011, I was completely knocked down from college. And I was on this mental spiral that told me that I needed to be quote unquote normal. Whatever that is. And I'm here to tell you today, the Marie of today is here to tell you. That normal is not a thing Okay but back then I wanted to walk so badly That I came home and I told my mom that I wanted to go to therapy Which was Now I can't imagine ever saying I want to go to therapy But I told my mom I wanted to go to therapy. And um, my therapist asked me, ended up asking me, what's your goal? And I said, I want to, I only want to walk. I don't want to use a chair anymore. And you guys will see within the next week how much my life and my mental health and my attitude has changed. And how much God has shown me that. There is value in using a chair and there is value in community. Well, anyway, I said I wanted to walk. Pam, my therapist, who I am still friends with, um, said that that would be hard. And I said, I don't care. I want to do it. And I only have six weeks because my doctor only gave me a six-week prescription. And so... The first three weeks I spent working out and I worked my butt off. Until I could walk long distances in the second half of the three weeks. Or the second half of the six weeks. So the last three weeks I was kind of perfecting my posture and doing all this stuff. But now like I said in um, you will see that. That is no longer where my mindset is now. And so I um, appreciate this fact, but it is no longer my life. Okay, so fact the fact that is listed as number 16. I have seen wicked five times. From twenty from two thousand seven to two thousand nine I saw it five times. And I seen Jersey Boys three times. So Jersey Boys I saw twice here at the Pantages and once in San Diego. And I still till this day will blame Adams Lasco who played um Nick back then in Jersey Boys For getting me To go to San Diego And so yeah So that is number 16 And then Number 17 I met Adam Pascal from Rent Twice The first time I met him He the first time I met him, he was in concert, I believe in Brentwood. And so my mom and I, we go to, we go to his concert and then after he's doing a CD signing. And so I go up to the house manager and I say, excuse me, do you know how long the line is going to be? And um, when I possibly could get up to meet Adam? And she said can you hold on just a minute and i'm like yeah i could hold on just a minute she goes okay i'll be right back and so she comes back after like five minutes and she said can you hang out for about 15 minutes adam will be right in to meet you so go back into the house area because i was in the lobby go back into the house area of the theater And he'll be right there. He'll he'll come and meet you personally. And so by this time, when she's saying this, I am full on having a panic attack. And so I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And my brain is racing. My heart is racing. And so when he comes in. He throws a famous line at me. He's like, have I seen you somewhere before? And not, not getting it because I am just so flustered at who this guy is. Not getting it. I'm like, uh, no. And he goes, are you sure? And I'm like, uh, no. And so it ends up where I get flustered. I don't answer his questions right. Which basically the lines that he was trying to throw at me was, the lines that he tells Mimi Marquez in Rent: "Um, you look familiar. Have I seen you somewhere before?" And I, I did not pick it up. And so when he threw those lines at me, I just, I didn't know what to do. I, I was just lost because I was so flustered. I was just lost. But then, my we were walking away after he had signed my cd and my ticket and we walked away and my mom was like do you understand what he was trying to tell you and then when we were walking away and getting in the car is when the light bulb went off and i was like oh are you serious i i missed that opportunity so that was opportunity number one where i met adam pascal Opportunity number two, I went to go see a, I went to go see Rent on Tour. I believe it was their 20th, 20th anniversary tour, Um, or somewhere around there. But I went to go see it at the Pantages, and Adam Pascal and Anthony Rapp were in their roles as Roger and Mark. And so I had Adam sign my playbill. And I don't think he remembered me, but I I went back into that I went back into that moment where oh my gosh, I met him and I kind of messed up. But I'm here to say on this podcast today that if I met Adam Pascal today. I would want to meet him. Wearing a Rolex uniform. Which is basically just a Rolex t-shirt. And jeans. Because now. I could honestly say. I'm a dancer. And so. Um, what is listed as number. 18 is I've been part of a cast of a TV show and I got to walk a red carpet because of it. So back in 2013, I was part of a show called Live Big with Allie Vincent and that opportunity was Amazing I got to again tell my story as it was back then so I want to Kind of I want to really drive home the fact you guys that If you come across any of this stuff From back then and you see me now or you listen to me now I'm not lying It is just me having growth that I some of the beliefs that I had back then as far as me physically I do not believe anymore and some of the things that I believe now um did not match up with me back then so that's just to say if you come across different things Know that I've grown since then But I was part of live big with Allie Vincent for three seasons and I did get to walk a red carpet um I did get to walk a red carpet for the um premiere of season three for the premiere episode of season three and so fact number 20 the Fact that is listed as number 20 is that I've done a 5k I spent and this was when I was part of Live Big I spent a year training for a 5k and then in December of 2014 I actually got to do a 5k that took place at um I believe it was Ontario, the Ontario Convention Center is where it started and it started and ended and so I got to do the 5k and my team and I came in within the time of 4 hours and 48 minutes, that's how long it took me to, to do this, to take on this endeavor endeavor so moving moving on to what is listed as 21 and i'm i keep saying that because of course you guys know i threw myself off um as far as the numbering but it is a goal of mine to go to new york and to see wicked on broadway Not only do I want to see Wicked on Broadway, I will update this fact by saying not only do I want to see Wicked on Broadway, but I want to be in Wicked on Broadway. And for those of you who know the Marie of today, I believe that the Gershwin, as well as every other theater in the United States, Needs an accessibility makeover where it counts. We need to see backstages of theaters become accessible because performing as an actor is a line of work. And so everybody should have equal opportunity to work in whatever field they would like. And acting and other jobs in theater are part of that. So I would like to see within the next five to 10 years that every theater is accessible, where it counts in the back, in the front, everywhere. So, moving on to 22. I was Corey Bratter in barefoot in the park back in college for a scene um that was my midterm my midterm in college. And so that was an awesome experience because back in college is when I actually fell in love even more with theater. As you guys know, if you've been around me any length of time, you know that I have been a theater geek and I've loved theater since I was 12 and I've wanted to do it since I was 12. But back in college, I really got a little bit of a taste of it. And there were there are some things that I wish I would have said yes to back then that I said no to back then. But only God knows why I said no. Um, so the fact that is listed at 24 is that a woman at my church used to call me Sunshine. There was this woman named Margaret. She has passed on. She's been gone for a while. But she used to call me Sunshine. And I would never I'll never forget her kind disposition. So the fact that is listed as um fact twenty five is part of the reason why I started this podcast is that I want to travel the world and tell my story in front of people. I would love nothing more than to step on a stage or to enter a hospital, um, enter a hospital um, boardroom or conference room, and tell parents and doctors The story of what God has done in my life. And what is possible. Because back in the 80s. When I was born. Not much was seen as possible. But with God. All things are possible. So. 26. Now. May or may not be true still. But. (laughs) I said that. People think I'm still in my 20s, and like I said, that may or may not still be true, but when I wrote this, it was very, very true. So 27 is that I once found out that people in my church get nervous when I climb the steps um, to, the, to the stage at church. Because there had been in the past, there had been people asking me or asking people if I was going to fall or um, asking me if I felt like I was going to fall. And that has never been the case because I always have people around me to help me in the way that I need to be helped. So in regards to getting on stage at church... I feel completely safe. And so 28. What is listed as 28. Is I went by Nikki in junior high. Um, I wanted to be one of the cool kids. So I said. I went through kind of a, an identity crisis. Um, one week my name was Marie. Next week it was Nikki. And then back and forth. But. To my uncle Alfred, my name has always been Nikki because my mom wanted to name me Nicole Marie. But everybody under the sun back in the 80s, their middle name was Marie. So my dad wanted to turn it around a little bit and name me Marie Nicole. And so my name is Marie Nicole. But funny enough, one of my mentors in the Boundless Babe Society, who is one of my most amazing sisters, is named Nicole Marie and she does go by Nikki. Um and I get to see her in a couple of days and I'm so excited. Um So, moving on to number 29, what is listed as number 29 is I was on TV in the second grade. So in the second grade, I was on a cable show, I believe it was. Or maybe the local news. I have no idea what it was. Um, I was on a TV show. And on this TV show, my best friend Stephanie and I, we were picked to talk about the Exceptional Games. The Exceptional Games are quite like... What people might know as the Angel City Games or the Special Olympics. Um, they were a group of activities that children with disabilities could come together. And it was not only children from around the area, but it was more like school related. So like different schools would sign up their kids from their classes, and, um, each, each class would make a banner or each school would make a banner, and they would have a banner contest where the, the best banner would get a prize, and I think twice in a row we got that prize, um, or at least the schools that I was with got that prize, Um, I remember one time We, um I remember once there was Um Uh, out, uh, outline of our shoes Where we traced our shoes And we said that we were stepping into the future And then, um Once when I was with Farmdale Elementary School There was a Banner of us that just said Farmdale Elementary School, but we had drawn our likenesses on the On canvas so we won a prize for that And so the last one is I love my job When I wrote that back then I I meant I love being a teacher but now What that means to me is I love this job i love being a podcaster and i hope that you guys feel like you want to share this podcast and that you feel touched by it and that you know that the main takeaway is that god loves you and that he wants you to accept him and he wants you to trust him I'll talk to you guys later. I know that this has been one of my longer episodes, but I hope you enjoyed it and I will talk to you soon. God bless. Bye-bye. Hi, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you don't mind, would you follow me on my social media accounts? My Instagrams are Marie Nicole Zimmer Peeps. MARIE and Marina Coles and repeat thirteen that is MARIE NIC one three And you can also follow me on Facebook. My Facebook account is Encouragement Notes Podcast. And lastly, you can follow all of my information that I post on the podcast on my website, encouragementwithmarinacole.com. I hope that you come back next time. And also... I wanted to ask you guys if you wouldn't mind helping me reach the goal of 3,000 listens or more by the end of the year. I believe that this podcast has the potential of reaching people for Christ by the end of the year. And I want to reach as many people as possible. So help me get to 3,000 listens and beyond. Please like and share any content that you wish. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener, and I will see you soon. Love you. Bye-bye.